Thank you so much, BBS Radio. So here we are at it again, the Sunday morning with the Elohim. Today is July 24, 2022. I welcome you all. Happy Sunday. And we wait for Winfrey to present himself. He's probably with Terry Brown in Scotchdale, Arizona, where Terry is hospitalized currently. So we will see what is going to happen. I thank you all for being here. And as usual, this is a simulcast with a conference call. And more people joined in in the last minute. I welcome you all. And if you want to, feel free to say your name and location. But of course, only if you want to. Thank you all for being here. Thanks, hi. My pleasure. How's the whole planet healing? Going good. Staying strong. Oh, Welcome good. to the conference call. Please say name and location. John from Las Vegas. Good morning, John. Welcome. Hi, John. Morning. Hi, John. Oh, hello, John. Hello, everyone. Hi. Hi, John. Hi, John. Hi, hi. <laughs> Roger. Happy Sunday. Welcome to the next floor. Please your name and location. But of course, only if you want to, we welcome you. I tell you who hi, I'm people. thinking of. Hi. <laughs> I'm thinking of Antonio. <laughs> Where has Antonio gone? He, he comes and goes. Depends on if he has a sleeping habit that uh, he is able to contain. Oh. Perhaps he'll come on tonight. If we beam him a psychic message, <laughs> all of us after three, think Antonio. One, two, three, go. <laughs> I don't know. Happy Sunday. Welcome hey, to the pa- next call. Please say name and location. Well, happy Sunday. Positive greetings to you. Hi, it's Raiden and Sedona. Welcome, Raiden. Hi, Raiden. Hi, everyone. Hi, everyone. I trust all's well. Yes, with me. We just got through 40.2 uh, Celsius heat. Oh, goodness. Welcome to the next call. Appreciate name and location. It's Wynn and I think Terry in Sedona. Hello, so, Wynn. Wynn in Sedona. Hi, Wynn. Wynn. Hi, Terry. Hi, Wynn. Hi, Terry. The recording has started. <laughs> this session home. is no longer being recorded. <laughs> She's not home. <laughs> She's not home. Where is, where, where is She's Terry? Still, She's still in Scottsdale. Oh, we're still sending her love to All right. Um, who's ever got the dog? Mute yourself. I got it. I got it. <laughs> Happy Sunday. Welcome to the conference call. Please say your name and location. Good morning, hi. It's Jeannie in Citrus Heights. Good morning hi, to you, Jeannie. Welcome. Hi, Jeannie. Hi. Hi.
you have to keep no, an eye on Hayes. He's 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 only on the he's only on the council about ninety nine point nine percent of the time. <laughs> <laughs> I've got a hospice nurse coming in, so I'm going to have to mute myself. Oh, okay. Happy Sunday to you, Cecil. Blessings, thank brother. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Well, should we start? Let us do that, Gwen. Thank you so much for being here. Blessing to you and to Terry. And, uh, All participants are muted, and they can unmute themselves. So today is July 24. The recording has started. Okay. This is July 24th, 2002. When in Sedona... That's what I said. Didn't I say 2022? I think you said 2002. I don't think so. But you heard it that way. That's okay. In any case, um, and Terry is in Scottsdale. And I came back here yesterday because uh, she was supposed to be moved to the rehab home in Sedona. But they didn't do it yet. And uh, it was delayed a day. Would you like to say your name in your city? We are muted, and the things will be off here shortly. Oh, never mind, never mind. Okay. So, um, Terry, Terry sounds, uh, well, Terry, people love to hear your voice. Hi, everybody. See that? She's sounding Hi, Terry. Love to you, oh. Terry. It's great to hear your voice. You sound good. Lots Thank of love. You. Yeah, lots of love, Terry. We're still sending love. you love and healing. And so we mm -hmm. hope you receive it. I'm open up the mics here for a moment. All participants are unmuted. Say hi to Terry. Hey, Terry. Oh. Hi, Terry. We love you. Love you, Terry. Hi, Terry. Love you, Terry. Hi, Terry. Be strong. Time. All participants are muted, and they can unmute themselves. You know, when I used to tell people, when we first started doing these sessions, um... Terry didn't, couldn't remember which, whatever she said. And um, I'm sitting there thinking, and I think, this is really amazing stuff. And I'm, I can't believe how amazing it is. And she didn't know it until we started doing Whole Planet Healing about four years ago. And... Um, we started reading uh, excerpts from her sessions. And she was on those calls and heard them. And she said, oh, my God, did I say that? And I still say that sometimes. I don't remember. You know, we, 
we went through, we've gone through a period of such intense channelings, one after the other, after the other, after the other, bringing through such breakthrough information that I can't even remember what we do. And then I hear a replay and I say, oh my God. So every night we do a call called Whole Plant is Healing. And I would say it is the crown jewel of our work because the energy of the Elohim and the Ra group is on the line. They don't talk, we don't channel. We read little excerpts from channeling. And we do a visualization intention for positive shift on the planet. And they add their energy to our intention when it feels appropriate to them. And last night we had an extraordinary session that I, it was long gone in my mind because it happened in 2011. And Bonnie read it. And, uh, I mean, I can't even remember it. You know, there's an interesting phenomenon here. It goes on with me and probably many of you. There tends to be a time shift when you're listening to a channeling or when they're doing it. And you're intensely listening, and everything makes total sense. And it seems brilliant and enlightening. And then the moment it's over, it's like, I wonder, what did they just say? And it's very hard to reconstruct it because it's nonlinear. And... Um, Bonnie read one of those last night, and I said, I'm going to play that today. It's from July 25th, 2011, and I try to introduce, I'm trying to introduce it, and my mind still goes blank, okay? But it was a very, let me try to recreate it here, it was a deep, explanation of how the Elohim group and the Ra group interface with us and how they blend their frequencies with us. And, of course, while they're doing it, they're doing it. They're blending. They're interfacing. So, um, it's not just a kind of teaching the lecture situation. The situation, as they do it, they they do it. <laughs> if I'm saying that correctly. And before we do it, I just thought I'd ask Terry some questions. Not channeling. We're not channeling now. We're talking about the human, Terry. Terry, are you there? Yeah. Now, hey man, you... hey, something, man. Your your uh, your sound 
It looks like your microwave is moving. Your microwave. Your microphone is moving. You sound clear, and then you fade out a little bit. Okay. You well, I'm I'm still using. I had to buy an emergency Bluetooth headset at big loss because somewhere I lost my good headset, and uh, this one here dangles, so it probably moves around. I'll try to hold it steady, and um, I ordered two more headsets, which have been delivered, but I haven't been here to receive them. So I'll get them tomorrow. Can you hear Terry okay? Yes, we were able to hear her earlier. Okay, she's on the telephone. And Terry, what? Tell us, tell us, tell us about how your stay in the hospital has been. I have a lot of um, times they come in and they take blood. Uh, um, anyway. So, anything I got uh, every day is similar. Mm-hmm. And take my blood. I think the nurses are nice, yes? What? What? The nurses are nice, yes? Can you I understand. I said the nurses are very nice. That's correct. And, you know, another interesting thing about this hospital called Shea, every time a baby is born, they play that Brahms song like it's a music box over the whole hospital. You know, lullaby, lullaby, go to sleep now. But they don't sing it. It's just music. And it's so sweet. And uh, the whole hospital stops for a moment and blesses that baby. And yesterday, I was leaving the hospital, and there was two people leaving with their new babies, and they're so small. And knowing, knowing what I know now about reincarnation and everything, uh, I'll never look at a baby in the same way. So, in any case, I'm going to start and I'm going I'm to play this audio. And then I have a couple of other audios I'm thinking of playing. Um, this is Wayne Free, and this is Monday, July. 25th, our evolution works, is that each of us is a human, well then, 
will then themselves be able to reach a state of which can be awareness that raises his vibration. Um, we are sorry we cannot step upon your soil and teach those of your people who desire our service. But my friends, as we have said before, this would be we appear with the center of the universe through the galaxies, through the Milky Way, through the energy fields of our planets. Now, I was jumping around because I wanted to queue up and start at the channeling. Listen carefully, okay? Because this is really how they like to name these sources. I don't want to confront their their way of doing it. Uh, they don't care if you use their particular name. They care that you've made connection with the energy and can feel it and ask and reach. That's their concern. And so I don't use uh, the names in that context. And if you, some people might say God and feel this energy and that be probably the same energy. We'll talk to them about that. This is a very interesting topic to discuss publicly. And uh, I hope Terry's not muted. Maybe you should say something, Terry? Yes. Okay, we hear you. So let us know. Let us know when a source is present. They're present. They are. So, we greet do you? Yes. Go ahead. We're ready in time. Pardon me? We greet. We greet you in the love light of the one infinite creator. This is July 25th, 2011 on planet Earth. And we welcome in, we welcome the contact with each and every person that wishes to make contact with us and we are available for contact and I believe this subject, we believe the subject is the connection. And we as Ron are speaking as the voice through Terry Brown. Thank you. We in the connection with Plus, we are available, and we see religious groups who are praying and who are praying fervently, who extend up from their crown chakra five feet, four feet, six feet, and they are seeking so hard to reach connection with all that is where God and we are a part of all that is, and we are multidimensional and are available, and we do hear prayers, and we do work with the individuals who are praying, and we do make the connection. However, many individuals do not believe since they cannot see 
the response. They cannot see the energy that is responding. They do not know for sure if they have connected. And so the ones with the faith that they have connected do make the connection. However, in order to better sense that they have connected, they can use following guidelines. There can be a sense of fulfillment, a sense of being heard. There can be an experiencing of a particular energy, a tingling within the pose, a color, a light pink color. There is some echo we are hearing. Is there a way that we can avert that? Um, there's no echo when I hear you, so it has to be something from Terry's phone. You're coming through very clear. We then will continue. Perhaps Terry can uh, talk and maybe take the microphone off her ear until I need to ask a question, so that way she won't be distracted via the echo, because it's not affecting us. Um, we do not wish to get too much into the technology and that we're talking into the phone. Okay. will uh, not be heard because the earphone is wireless. So we will just put up with this. We see connection is made. We can sense what individuals are praying for. The more fervent and the more intention behind the prayer, the more the person seeking the change that they are praying about, the more the prayer will penetrate the dimensions and it will not only be heard by us but it will be heard by all that is and it will set synchronicities going to help affect the change not only with us and there are millions of us so we can put a lot of shoulder weight behind the prayer if the prayer is for the highest sort of all concern. If we hear the prayer and the prayer is not for the highest sort of all concern, then usually the intention is not as strong 
However, if it is uh, very strong, we do not put our shoulder behind the prayer if it is not for the highest good. That is where witchery and some of the lower forces come in to make takeover scenarios happen. We evaluate a prayer from all standpoints for for the highest good, and if it is for the highest good and the intention is totally behind it with the person praying, then we can put our shoulders so to speak behind it. One of the ways that a person can connect is by reading the raw material and the energy is the frequency is contained within the words that one is reading. It vibrates the whole book to that frequency or the whole audio to that frequency and sends that frequency out to the consciousness of the individual. And so this is another way that a person can connect. If one looks at pictures of wind free in a state of connection, sometimes one can see our very light pink color around him. The raw group, which we are also a part of for these calls, we appear with blue-colored orbs with individuals from our group seek to connect and to be available in lectures and talks. We also send and connect those orbs with individuals who are praying. There is a group think within our group, and this is expressed in the second part of the book, The Reincarnation of Edgar Cayce. When one reads this book, one can feel the energy and can connect with the raw frequencies. We, which includes the section of the raw group and section of the Elohim group, have merged our energies for the particular purpose of working with it this group to increase the frequency that is available to people to make it easier for them to sense the connection. Those are our initial comments on connecting. You may feel us love as we, as a part of ourself, extend to you experience great love. Thank you. You know, when someone reaches out without a focus, 
In other words, they just say, God help me. Uh, how is it decided on the other side? Who's going to come forth to, to answer that or assist that? It depends upon the frequency. There are many groups that are assisting. One of the groups is the group of angels that are normally in connection with the heavenly realm, and they may be of the frequency or the inclination or have a specialty that can thus go and can help that individual person. So it is a connection of synchronicity and frequencies that connect the individual that is praying with the individual or individual who will thereby help and will appear and surround the individual and make available possible synchronicities or a bridge to things that will help that individual. Thank you. You know, I, I happen to be open to the law of one book, Carla Ruckert's law of one book. And, you know, we give her two of her law of one books away free on this package we have. You can go to the package if you go to, I think it's purchase.messageaday.net. Purchase, I think it's like 50 bucks, and you get the reincarnation of Edgar case. You get a whole bunch of stuff where you can listen in or read these messages from these group souls. And that they have said over and over again that the more you uh, read and expose yourself, the more chance you have of tuning in to their energies. So here is here is something that was said through Carla Ruckert. We have been, now this was an entity called Hatan, and um, who was part of the core group. This is not exactly Ra, uh, but this is what he's saying. We have been contacting people of planet Earth for many, many of your years. We have been contacting in intervals of thousands of years those who sought our aid. It is time now for many of the people of this planet to be contacted. For many now have the understanding and the desire to seek something outside of the physical illusion that has for so many years been involved in the thinking of those on this planet. The process we are stimulating is one which is self-generating. As more and more of those who desire our contact receive it and pass it on to others, then those who receive this passed-on information will then, will then themselves be able to reach a state of thinking and understanding sufficiently to tune, shall I say, with our vibrations in order to receive, receive our contact. For this is how contact works. It is first necessary if the entity is to be able to receive our contact for him to become of a certain vibration as a result of his thinking. This is greatly speeded by involvement in groups such as this. And then it's finally done through meditation. In other words, the verbal communications given to the entity by the channels, such as this one, and of course they're referring to Carla Rucker, 
create a system of thought and a desire for spiritual awareness that raises his vibration. Um, we are sorry we cannot step upon your soil and teach those of your people who desire our service. But, my friends, as we have said before, this would be a great disservice to those who do not desire our service at this time. And we are afraid we would have little effect in bringing understanding even to those who desire it. For understanding comes from within. We can only guide. We can only suggest. We are attempting to do this in such a way that the seeking of the individual will be stimulated to turning his thinking inward, inward to that single source of love and understanding, the Creator, that is part of us all. We are very privileged to have you join with us in this great service at this time in the history of your planet. But this is a great time, a great transitional period in which many of Earth's people will be raised from their state of confusion to a simple understanding of the love of their creator. So um, addressing this to Terry, is that fairly accurate? Yes, it is. The frequency of the individual who is praying is taken into consideration and the entity or the group that is the best suited to handle in a beneficial way the frequency and to be able to operate at those frequencies are the one that will answer the prayer. One needs to be careful. They, they within themselves, do not generate and harbor negativity and negative frequencies in that it is situations like that that they can then pull in negative things which can be very detrimental. Therefore, one must always have vigilance and maintain their own ethics and purity and positivity in order to connect with sources that are the best help and intention. Yes, thank you. You know, it's one thing to pray and feel energy, and it's another thing to pray and hear a voice. How do you figure out if you can trust the voice that's talking to you when you're praying? There are false gods, false voices that are not from the highest sources. One, by maintaining their own purity and their own integrity, has the best chance to connect with the highest source. If one pays attention to what the voices or the concepts brought into the individual are saying, then one can tell whether it resonates for the highest good within them. And if it 
resources, then they need to terminate the connection and reset themselves to be able to bring in the highest sources. The mind generate voices which can appear to be like commands or false information which do not resonate with the individual as being correct. These should be let pass by as there have been many lifetimes that individuals have had in ancient times and much false information has been fed into the computer of the mind so that it goes off like a program of positivity, negativity, so that many times when an individual is being positive, automatically the negative head of that <clears throat> will come in automatically. This should not be listened to, but should be let passed on and go. One should be very vigilant to be a sentinel that they do not act upon such negativity as these are merely circuitry that has been established in the mind. And it should be let go eventually run out so that it, the mind does not continue to act in such a positive negative feedback circuit. Well, I would imagine that when one does this and one prays and one looks for guidance from, I, I, I say outside oneself, but there is no outside oneself. It's all oneself, ultimately. But when one look, it looks for that. If one has a track record of, say, being deceitful or dishonest or any other expressions of lower negative traits, then that would automatically probably qualify them to bring in negative sources. Am I correct there? Would you repeat that? Well, the question is, if an individual has a track record of, let's say, acting out of integrity, lying and cheating, drinking, and then he prays, would those attitudes make him more vulnerable to a negative source? Yes, it would, in that they have past situations that have brought distortions into their field, which then 
because the outward look of the individual to be distorted and one can find within their life situations which are not fulfilling, which can be by observation to information about where their distorted thinking lies. As one naturally wishes to connect with others and to be in harmony and when one finds themselves with distortions that do not make total sense to themselves, there is a sense behind it that they can find. However, there may be distortions uh, that cause them to bring in distorted information where they are bringing in information from the outside and putting their own spin on it. Thank you. Now, how about if somebody is, like, innocent, is um, like an Elohim angelic person? Um, does their innocence protect them from negativity, or can they also have a negative source? When one comes in as an Elohim, they are innocent at the beginning, and they take on the composite of the genetic mind and of the body, and of the body systems, which can contain something that is foreign to them in the it causes them to have some of the impulses of the body system of fight, fight, response, and they may have difficulty dealing with this. And with human emotions, which then can get into anger and hostility based upon the survival mechanisms that the body has in computer systems, and it may make it quite hard for the Elohim individual to know how to and the controls of, at the helm of the body and can lead them into uh, confusion. And it takes experience with the body system to learn how to use the control systems of the body and balance it with the automatic responses that a body system 
firsthand experience. Thank you. In the book, The Reincarnation of Edgar Casey, the Ra group said, we're always surrounded by uh, a team of beings who are there to be at our service. Now, I think that's a really nice idea, that, that, that that's true. And could you explain a little more about that and how to take advantage of that team? There is a team that is not even thought of or known. It starts with guardians, guardian beings who watch over an area and give it love and nurturing. There is an intelligence in everything, and one can ask the intelligence of the plant, of the surroundings of the bush, the tree, of the even the town, one can and one can get information. So this intelligence is interactive with the individual, although the individual very often does not pay attention to this and the individual can come into a lack of connection with our surroundings by not observing the needs of the surroundings where one can harmonize it and pay attention to this and then the plants and the surrounding intelligences, very good divas, will work very hard <laughs> to support the individual back. Also, there are very large spirits that are guardians of large sectors of the planet. And there are many levels of guardians and intelligence that work together to make sure the planet and that particular sector is being nurtured. Then there is the angelic realm with angels who watch over for individuals and they stay at a distance, but they can come close if they are needed and minister love and care and guidance and healing. Then there are higher forces such as the robbers and such as us, the Elohim group. And we work with these lower realms to nourish and support them. Thank you. Thank you. Is there any particular historical times when the Ra group has done 
interventions in this realm that they consider very successful. For example, Sufis and Zen seem to be uh, they're different, but was the Ra group connected with Sufism and Zen uh, in the creation? Did they talk to somebody? I often thought the Ra group was connected with AA in the way that it was set up. It was seeming like a Ra group uh, concept, whether they um, were particularly involved in the inception or not. Um, and so anything the Ra group wants to share in the specifics of all of this, we open ourselves up to that information. Thank you. We work with particular individuals who have come from the Ragu to be within the realm. And we are available to them. And they often go back to the Ragu to do work with us, the Ragu. And we then work with the individual when the individual as a wanderer goes back in the realm to work with individuals in the third dimension and we work with that individual raw member who is working to bring up the tone of the planet such as yourself and we Surround and protect and communicate with that individual, and he has the help of particularly the group and doing his work. He he comes and opens channel or uh a bridge for energy to come in from the Ragu to the Earth plane. Thank you. Now, when you're working with that individual, do they necessarily have to receive verbal messages from you, or do you just support them in their intentions with energy? It depends upon the individual. Normally, we support them with energy and we send phenomena to help and synchronicities to help with the individual and supporting the individual depending upon the individual's awareness and the openness that the individual has. Sometimes they will get into a body line which is um, wanted and then we do not give them uh, the um, concepts so much as give them, we give them the energy support for their life force. 
you know, when people ask, synchronicities are one of the ways that something happens. And um, synchronicities is where something comes to you that looks like coincidence, but isn't. It's some... Well, I don't want to answer that. I'm going to ask. I think synchronicities are very, very, very important. And each of us have something that we would perhaps like to happen in our life that's not happening, whether it's finding a love, finding a job, uh, something that we need. And, you know, we can go bang on doors and... uh, use the sweat of the brow to try to find that. And synchronicity is where it comes in like magic. Sometimes it's so easy you don't even realize that you have it. Somebody sits down next to you and you start talking to them and they're just the answer to some prayer you've had. So when somebody is working on creating a synchronicity, or asking for it, or asking for something, we have a lot of people that say, okay, help me win the lottery. (laughs) Let me know the right numbers. Um, From your perspective, how do you work with enhancing the synchronicity? What do you do to help someone? bring in a synchronicity? First of all, the individual himself, we use him to include her as the language is uh, lacking of words for this. We see that when an individual is attuned to the outcome that they really desire, they are operating at a frequency that includes that outcome, even though that outcome has not happened yet. And as they move within the frequencies that include the frequencies of the outcome, than the particulars that go together to make up the outcome automatically are attracted to that individual as there are connections between the same frequency. They operate at the same frequency and it is a bridge, an open door into the result that the person would like. When we see this, then also the individual is asking, and we see them, we hear them, we sense them asking, and we see the resonances around them with even colors extending out, reaching, little reaches and rivers extending out, then it is easy to join with them in their celebration 
of bringing in this outcome, which seems like magic or like a synchronicity that somehow happens uh, unexpectedly, but it is how the universe works. It is part of the mechanics of the universe, and it is easy to support this kind of uh, enthusiasm for the total outcome or an outcome that is not negative. If the outcome is negative, they are desiring, then their reach will be blunted and they would need to use force in some way force to force the issue and it becomes harder for synchronicities to happen because the nature of man is generally a good nature and if they are negative they have to use a lot of force or we call it maybe funny energy to override the nature of man and the nature of connection between all that is. Vin can't hear you. Thank you. Well, when I've had synchronicities in my life, I've had a lot, the things that would come in would come in off-center. Like if I aimed right at it, um, it wouldn't... Like, for example, we have a movie project we're working on. Right now, it's a little bit... It goes back and forth to being in the forefront and the background. It's like if I went to an area... In order to have a synchronicity, for me, I would have to go into an area where movies are made. I'd have to go to Beverly Hills or Malibu, and I'd have to then go have a good time, go sit down at a bar, uh, do something off-center, visit stores, but keep that in the back of my mind. And oftentimes, I'll end up having this intuition, like, I should go in there. Or I should talk to that person, and I'll start talking to them, and it's exactly the right person. Now, it never happens on demand. I can never be sure. But whenever those things have happened, it's been a combination of intention and intuition and randomness. Intention, intuition, and randomness. It would be like when people find the woman of their life, the, lo- the love of their life, they went on vacation. That's random. They get it. Because when you go on vacation, you're out of all the boxes that you're normally in. And then they do something, and they follow their intuitions, and suddenly they meet somebody that is the right person. Whereas if they were in the rigidity of their normal routines, they probably wouldn't have been open. they meet that same person, and they wouldn't have been open to it. So it's the way you meet something. It's the way you pull it in as well as the specific person that makes the difference. And um, you have to do something. You can't just sit 
in your room and say, okay, God, give me a synchronicity, give me this, give me that, give me that. And even if you're depressed, you have to get up, walk out the door, and start shaking some trees so that something can fall. And uh, on that note, we're going too long at 717. I'll I'll, I'll, um, turn it over to our sources through Terry and have any final comments, and then we'll close this session off. Thank you. When you are promoting something or working on something, you will do best by finding commonalities with other individuals. If you go straight on and try to sell something, if you meet somebody that has a commonality in that area, then it will catch fire. However, normally it needs to make a channel, and the channel can be started by the little spark of commonality, of common interest with the other person. So it is that when you obliquely come to a goal, that you may meet others that in the relationship, in the experience of talking together can hit on commonalities which then can be guided into the main point. However, one can find individuals who may be open to the project by getting to know them and getting to know what there is in common between you and the other person that then could spark a common interest towards working on the project together. Yeah. I'll tell you, the, the, the thought crossed my mind. I was going to give an example because maybe somebody can use this. It's like normally if I get my hair cut, I go to Supercuts, and it's like 12 or $13. But if I wanted to meet somebody that was really, really um, uh, in a high flow, maybe I would go to an area and spend $75 for uh, a hair they would never call it a haircut. It would have to be a hairstyling. And, you know, I'd sit down in the chair, and as the person who was working on me, I wouldn't, first thing out of my mouth wouldn't be, geez, I'm looking for someone to help me on a movie. You know anybody? That's, no. I'd, make, I'd say the person's doing my hair, and they're going to say, what are you going off there? And I'd talk about my book a while, and I'd make myself interesting. And after a period of time, when I knew that I caught their interest, I might say, by the way, uh, we got a really great movie project da, 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 with this guy. And uh, you might know somebody that could do it. And then they'd say, oh, yeah, I know just the perfect person. You know, let me call him up and see if he's open to meeting you. Well, I'm using an expensive hairstylist. I'm using the whole thing. Maybe all you want is a job. Okay? Well... You know what? If, if, you want, if, you, if you're living in Silicon Valley, find out who all well, the Google people 
do their hair. <laughs> and of course, you have to be. You can't guarantee that something's going to happen. So you may have to, you know, you're willing to risk fifty bucks instead of fifteen bucks. Save up your money and get a fifty-dollar haircut, and get to meet the person. But you know, once you're there, now here's the trick. Once you're sitting in the chair, you have to forget what you want out of them. You have to forget it. You have to just talk to them and win them over through your authenticity. Because if you just want something from them, they will pick that up, and then it it makes it manipulative, and you lose the energy. So you have to. It's like, for example, uh, even on these shows, whenever I talk to you, I have to forget that I care about whether you like me, I have to just show up and start talking and the energies come in. And it's like learning the art of showing up. And maybe it took a great intention to show up. But once you're there, you have to forget all the preliminaries and be present in that moment. And then you can create a synchronicity. That way you have more chance of attracting a synchronicity. On that note, um, we're going over. Jerry's going to clobber me for going so long. Uh, it's 7.22. We'll end this session. And um, I thank everybody for being here. I thank our sources. And if you have a question for Wednesday, questions at messageaday.net. Questions at messageaday.net. Send them in. And even if you have a healing question, send it in, and we'll um, try to Okay, I unmuted, and unfortunately, I lost Terry. But you know what? She sounded good today, and clear. And um, I thought we'd take a moment. Ben, keep your mic closed. This is better, correct? A lot better. Okay. Let's take a moment. And she's in a little room in a hospital in Scottsdale. Let's just call in the light, Father Mother God. We ask for the light, surround and protect. Everybody here, and particularly Terry, and any negativity, be taken to the highest realms of light and be transmuted for the highest good of all concerned. We see ourselves in the flow of energy radiating from the center of the universe through the galaxies, through the Milky Way, through the solar system, through the outer energy fields of planet Earth. Through our bodies, 
and into the center of the earth. And right now, we're going to take this movable energy and move it into Terry's room. Put a great bubble of light in her room that protects her and keeps anything negative out of the room. Okay. We see Terry healed. We see her alert, functional, healthy. You know, she doesn't have the worst case scenarios. She doesn't have cancer. She doesn't have pneumonia. She had a urinary tract infection. But she's really um, immobile. And she's not eating well. And at one point, our sources said she was duplicating a pattern of St. Catherine who died from anorexia. Okay. Now, I had prepared to talk about uh, something else from the past. And, um, Egypt. You know, one of the things that makes our work as special as it is is all the circumstances that almost prove certain things that would you wouldn't think could be proven. For example, there's a connection with our work, our channelings, and the Egyptian pharaoh, Akhenaten, and his wife, Nefertiti, and Michael Jackson, and Jesus. And to put it all together, you have to consider some of the channelings I did. Some of the Edgar Casey material. And some of the Carla Rucker material and see the way they all dovetail into a conclusion 
And it's not just the Elohim says this, and I'm quoting it. I don't like to prove things like this. And the reason is it can cause people to be blind believers instead of activating their own discernment and high intention. So, it started out in the first six months with Daphne. And I asked the question, and I said, I know I exist in other dimensions. I've had a huge amount of synchronicities. How do I connect better? with those other dimensions. The Elohim answered, write your dreams down and you'll make a better connection. So that night, I put a pad by my bed and a pen in my hand and I left the light on and I would wake up in the middle of the night and write something down on the pad. I'd go back to sleep, and then I'd wake up again and write something else on the pad. And when I woke up in the morning, I looked at the pad. I didn't really look at it overnight. And there were messages, not dreams, but messages. And, I mean, it was really crazy for me. Because Daphne is channeling the Elohim. I'm writing the reincarnation of Edgar Casey, And now I have verbal messages coming through in my dreams. So... I did a channeling with Daphne after that. Maybe I'll tell you a couple of the messages. They said, you have to look tall and thin. You're supposed to be the front man. It's the insanity of passion that makes things happen in the real world. We're not doing this for entertainment. It has a serious purpose. Communication from another dimension. Casey slept to connect with this dimension. That was part of the grouping of the first series. And, and, and they were coming in fast and furious over the next few months. You can't get any bigger than your basket can hold. Um, I had them all written down somewhere. And I went back and I asked a, a question to Daphne and I said, where are my dream messages coming from? 
And they said, Akhenaten, who was the Egyptian pharaoh. And I said, did I know Akhenaten? And they said, you were his right-hand man. And I said, what was my name? And they said, Amenhotep, which I never heard that name before. So I did a search on that name, Amenhotep, Egypt. And what I found was that was the name that Akhenaten was born with, and he changed it because Amun related to the Amun priesthood, which was negative, which was kind of like the Illuminati of the time. And he didn't want to relate to that, so he changed his name to Akhenaten. And then he fired the priesthood and said there was one God. And I was thinking, why would Akhenaten have a right-hand man who was named Amenhotep when that was the name that he rejected? Didn't make sense. And then I was studying Akhenaten, and I saw that Daphne had a remarkable resemblance to Nefertiti, who was Akhenaten's wife. And my first thought was Akhenaten's right-hand man was having an affair with his wife. That's what I thought. But as I kept studying it, I started to think, maybe I was Akhenaten. And maybe they just said that to point me in that direction so I would discover that. And I don't like publicly saying that I was somebody that was famous and that changed the world. Um it causes people to give up their power. And and I don't need to say it at this point for the credibility of our work. But this is an, a very powerful story. And the other thing was that Carla Rucker in her raw material, was answered a question as, who have you spoken to in history? And they answered it, and they said, Akhenaten was one of the people they spoke with. And... You know, the complete story 
you have to go back 10,000 years approximately prior to Akhenaten when a past life of David Wilcock was in, was in Egypt and it's Rata. And according to Carla Rucker, the Ra group did an intervention in that lifetime, manifested bodies that people could see and they could talk to. And that the priesthood, was they were teaching people esoteric knowledge. And the priests would come to those talks. And Rata, who was an earlier lifetime of Edgar Casey and David Wilcock, was hosting the whole thing. And when Rata died, the priesthood took the esoteric knowledge and instead of making it available freely to everyone, turned it into secrets. And the, the secret knowledge from the Ra group became the beginning of the secret societies. And they didn't name the societies, but I would suspect things like the Kabbalah, the Masons, the Illuminati, they did say they're very sorry they did that intervention because it led to a lot of the negativity that's running our world right now. And they tried to make an attempt at shifting the way that was working. And they were going to bring Jesus in and Jesus would represent a much higher source than the priesthood. And to bring Jesus in, they needed a group in this realm to hold the energy for him and remind him of what he was meant to do. And that group was the Essenes. And as I understand it, Akhenaten sent his most enlightened people to live in the caves and was being direct. I would, they didn't say this, we didn't do a direct channeling on it, but it seemed to me obvious that he was being directed by the rock group who was setting the stage for Jesus and his wife, Nefertiti, was channeling. Of course, that's not known historically. But, um, in fact, never did they um, 
told me that his wife was channeling, okay? And it, in one of my channelings. But there was a period of time early on when Daphne and I had a meeting. I had a meeting in Santa Barbara, and I took Daphne with me, and she was being terribly negatively attacked. And we stopped at a motel in Ventura, and we did a channeling. And I was expecting the Elohim to come in. But instead, a voice came in that identified itself as Nefertiti. Now, this was a little bit confusing because if Daphne was the reincarnation of Nefertiti, how could Nefertiti come through her? And I did ask that question. And they said Nefertiti came through as a soul fragment that still existed separate from Daphne. And I can't prove that, but from the tone of the person who was coming through, it certainly didn't sound like Daphne. It didn't sound like the Elohim. And I'm going to play that audio. I played it before. And it always gives me some chills to hear it. And listen carefully. I may stop it and make some comments. So just a moment here. Hang on. June 6, 2007, in Ventura, Lynn and Daphne, to identify yourself. She is here. Would you like to say something to introduce yourself to us? I am the one. Okay, I'm to you in the golden era, before the dawn of Christianity. You were the golden light bearer of that time on the planet, the precursor to Christianity and uplifting men in their thoughts and in their deeds in the eras before Christian values. I am she, the one you have known as Nefertiti, your wife, your humble servant, your beloved. We have been informed for each other, around each other, celestially, for thousands of years. We have woven a tapestry of immense variety 
and galactic proportion, leading to places beyond imagining in this realm. You have mastered the ascension technique in the initiation rite in the pyramidal chambers, in the stairway to the secrets beheld in the rhythm of the Sphinx, and in the alignment to the stargates. The achievements brought forth in that era before the common era. There are secrets of development which have been lost through the sands of time and which you are to retrieve now for the betterment of humanity. This is my introduction to you. Did you um, perform a similar role or relationship to me as Daphne does now? I was your counterpart. I was your counterbalance. I was your counterweight. We proceeded well in many events in the public sphere together. I don't know if it cut out or or if that's as long as the audio went. Let me just see where where it is here. June sixth, two thousand and seven, in Ventura. Perform a similar role is now I was your counterpart I was your counterbalance I was your counterweight we proceeded well in many events in the public sphere together yeah that was the end of it I was your counterpart I was your counterbalance all participants are on hold. All participants are off hold. And we proceeded well in many of the events we did. And some of the challenges they indicated that she and I had come together many times, or a number of times, in the past. And there was one time in the future that we came together. And there was one other very interesting phenomena that kind of validated the story. 
had to do when Michael Jackson died. And Terry and I were living in downtown L.A., and, and we played those tapes occasionally where a voice came through Terry that said it was Michael Jackson. And this was right after he died, and he was very upset at uh, not being able to go on tour. He was scheduled to go on this big tour. And um, I was not sure. This was like, I think no one like this had ever come through before. And I was trying to convince myself it was really Michael Jackson. And I asked him, how did he write a song? I had Terry sing Beat It at the time. And I called Daphne. I think she was living in Alaska. And I told her that I think we were talking to Michael Jackson because she loved Michael Jackson. And um, after I told her, the next day, she told me Michael was talking to me. And, I mean, the whole thing was so absurd. But I'm going along with it and seeing what happens. And uh, Michael's telling her how much he loves her and that they're going to ascend together. And, uh, and then he said he had a connection with me that he was a court entertainer at the time of Akhenaten. And he had an affair with Nefertiti. And Akhenaten found out about it and uh, kind of cut his thing off, which probably contributed to his higher voice this lifetime. Now, interestingly enough, years ago, I used to do uh, electronics repairs in Los Angeles. And I worked for this guy that installed security systems for various famous people. And it just so happens I was assigned to fix a camera on Michael Jackson's house on Havenhurst Street. And I did. And I sent a note up to Michael through the security guard. And Michael, I wanted to send Michael some of my songs. Michael sent an, an album back, Thriller, that was signed and just gave it to me, but he never talked to me. We never saw each other. Well, now... After I heard this story from Daphne, I started doing internet searches on Michael Jackson, Egypt, Michael Jackson, Nefertiti, and I wanted to see what came up. And on Michael Jackson, Egypt, you can you can duplicate this yourself. I recommend you do. 
to Michael Jackson Egypt, you'll find a story of how they found unearthed a bust of somebody from Egypt, uh, I guess, a thousand years ago or something. A couple thousand years ago, I can't remember. Probably put it, though, at the time of Rock Mountain. And um, that the bust happened to be the spitting image of Michael Jackson. And then I found a video that Michael made, I think 25 years ago. It was called, Can You Remember the Time? And this is where I became convinced that the whole story was true. Because in this music video, Michael was serenading or entertaining Akhenaten and Nefertiti in a whole Egypt set. And at a certain point in the video, Michael was making eyes at Nefertiti. And Akhenaten was noticing this. And sent the troops out after him. And, you know, there's this scene where Ock Mountain soldiers are chasing Michael. But Michael gets away. And that was it. That was just too close to the story. And I decided it had to be true. And... Go look that up. It's called Can You Remember the Time on YouTube. And I think I think Eddie Murphy plays Akhenaten. And uh, I forget the name of a black model who plays Nefertiti. And the only thing is, is they made a mistake in, in this video, and I think they called Akhenaten Ramses instead of Akhenaten, but it was obviously Akhenaten. And uh, so I don't know why I'm sharing that today, but it's a it's a fascinating story, and it gives credence to the fact of Egypt, Akhenaten, Nefertiti, and myself. And on that note, we are going to do our healing list. And let's see if Sija is there. Sija, are you there? I am here. Did you ever hear that story, Sija? I do. And I remember watching the video. Uh -huh. I think it's an 
astounding uh, synchronicity or similarity. Yes. And it's, a, it's amazing how your past life, you can have a, a resonance and parts of it can come through in your current life. Mm-hmm. Yep. Okay. Well, uh, let's see. We don't have a big list because Terry is not making comments. And uh, Terry was on the line, and I tried getting her back on, but I couldn't do it. I couldn't get her well, to answer. It's, it's so best that the Elohim, our sources are on the line, okay? And yeah, um, and we, it's we we don't mind if if Terry doesn't do any channeling or look at the healing list because we just want her to get better and not feel that she right. is um, a channel and and nothing else, and that uh, you know she is a viable, beautiful human being despite, even if she never channels again, she is a, such a beautiful person. And I really hope that she realizes that everybody loves her, not because she's a channel, but because she's a beautiful human being. Hey, Wynn. Yeah. Uh, just butting in, uh, to let everybody know that uh, Betty passed away uh, 20 after 10 today. Oh. oh, I'm sorry. Oh. Well, I, 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 let's, let's put, um, Sylvia, be sure and put Betty, Betty's in the light. Okay? Yes, I think Heist has put her in the light. Yeah, I, I yes, texted so. Heist, so he knew. Thank you. Oh, okay. thanks, Cecil. Much love to you and, and Betty. Thank you, thank you. Okay, go ahead. Okay. So I'm going to turn it over to CJ. And I think we have about, let's see, how many people on this list today? You can call in the line. 15 minutes. Yeah. Okay, I'll I'll call in the light. You ready? Father, Mother, God. We ask for the presence of the light to surround and protect each person on this line. And any negativity be taken to the highest realms of light and be transmuted for the highest good of all concerned. We see ourselves in the flow of energy radiating from the center of the universe through the galaxies, through the Milky Way, through the solar system, through the outer energy fields of planet Earth, through our bodies and into the center of the Earth. And right now, we invoke a group energy connection while maintaining the sovereign integrity of our souls. And we invite those sources that are positive 
service to others, honoring the law of one. To join with us, we create a protected space that only the positive has access to. Anything not of that nature must leave now. And as Sija names each of these persons on this list, And I'm going, as CJ goes through the list, let us blend our energies with each person and put in that intention for the highest good that healing comes about. I think I'll start, and I'm just going to do it with Terry again. And I turn it over to Sita. Thank you. And I thank our sources for blessing each and every person on this healing list for helping us, for providing a healing and inspiration and help that is in the highest and greatest good of all concerned. Cecil... And Betty, Cecil's wife Betty crossed over today at 10.20 a.m. May Betty's soul be surrounded by love and light to support her going through the transition. May Cecil and his family be surrounded by love and light to support them experiencing this transition. Thank you. May our sources help guide Betty into the highest possible trajectory on the other side. Sija from England, thank you to all of our beautiful friends in the higher realm for co-creating with us the manifestation of a beautiful new reality. Thank you for Terry's perfect health and protection in all timelines, densities, and dimensions. Thank you. And I'm not going to add anything to that. Thank you. Thank you. John from Las Vegas. Please put decentralized cryptocurrencies into the love light for massive worldwide adoption for privacy 
and for them to be used as a monetary system that is free from capital gains tax and free from surveillance. Please help decentralized cryptocurrencies to become more accessible and easier for people to use and understand. I ask all of the above for the highest and greatest good of all concerned. Thank you. And thank you, John, for sharing. And all, all ways to create some kind of stability in our future, both with economic, food distribution, and everything else that is so fragile right now. And when you're muffled. Beware, when we can barely hear you. Hang on. Okay, I got it. Tom from San Jose, California. Please put James Ordens into the light for transition. He died of a heart attack about five days ago long-time neighbor and friend. Also, he was lately helping my other neighbor who is in hospital with a stroke. Thank you, Don Bryant. And I second that and ask for that support and thank Michael for caring. Thank you. And another important one. This is from last week, but it looks very important. It's from Michael Adler from San Diego, California. We are in a severe drought in the southwest and there is a catastrophic situation just starting that will affect farming, animals, electric grid, and of course, 40 plus million people. On behalf of all that are affected, I would like to request immediate assistance to end the drought. If Moses could do it with your help, so can we. Please advise how we can assist you to help us Thank you, thank you, thank you. Hugs and blessings to all. Thank you. Perhaps we can add everywhere else in the world that there's drought conditions. Uh, and we can thank our sources for changing this around and putting out um, the desired outcome that we all are seeking so that plentiful rain, we thank the sources for the plentiful rain in areas across the world 
that is happening right now for the bountiful food growth, minerals in the soil for the farming, stock feed for the animals. We thank our sources for our abundant supplies, the protection of the electric grid. We thank our sources for the fortitude and ingenuity of people that work in those areas that are indeed protecting the grid. And we thank our sources for the bountiful food, more than enough that we have presently that will feed well over 40 plus million people. And we thank our sources for the return of Mother Earth's control of the weather systems that is happening right now. And we ask for any negative agendas that are not in the highest good of humanity to be set off course for the highest and greatest good of all concerned Honouring free will. Thank you. Thank you, Michael. And that, thank you. And that was the last person on the healing list. So thank you, Terry. Thank you, our sources. Thank you, Wynne. Thank you, Hines. Thank you to everybody on the call and listening. God bless every one of you. Much love. Thank you, CJ. And on that note, thank you. We're going to end this call. I think Heise will probably play some music. And, uh, yes, I'm going to play. Everybody has. Yes, I'm going to play some songs in a bit, all dedicated to our beloved friend Betty. Thank you all so much. Thank you, CJ. Thank you, Ian. Thank you, Terry. Thank you to our sources. Thanks to everyone here. Much love. You all have a, a blessed Sunday. All participants are unmuted. A particular Happy trail, everyone. You. Much love. Thank Good you. Love. Much love to you. Thank you, everyone. Much love to all. Thank you, everyone. Thank you, all sources. Thank you, and Terry. Much love. And there's the train. <laughs> Goodbye.